Episode 41 with Matt Mounier on the Nine Point Start the Dream Podcast. Welcome to Nine Point Started with a Dream Podcast. Our goal is to showcase the stories of athletes and the community that supports them by being authentic about their journey. Here's your host, Jacoby Gillum. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host as always, Jacoby Gillum. This episode, we have Matt Mounier, D3 athlete, and he's the founder of the D3 Chronicles. And what's cool about this one is, because it kind of reminded me of why I started this whole thing. It wasn't just about you know, telling the elite athlete story, there's another you know, D1 athletes, the pro athletes, the Olympians, it was about sharing the story of athletes because we can all relate, you know, whatever your version of greatness is, it can be, you know, just to play in college. And I think Matt really embodied that on his journey because he kind of figured out, you know, I love this game, I love this sport, and I still don't pursue it. How can I do it to best of my abilities and still achieve my dream? And we got through his journey, you know, what he's doing now and what he's doing to like with the D3 Chronicle to kind of help help athletes with a life after sports through the resume, through the, the whole transition process. So hope you enjoy, get a lot of value from it, and here we go. So Matt, the question everyone comes on is, when you're younger as an athlete, what's one of your bigger picture goals you wanted to achieve? Man, when I was little, I mean, every athlete's dream, right, is to play pro. My my dreams were to be on the court with, with Kobe Bryant for some reason where envisioning that moment where where Michael Jordan threw the ball to Steve Kerr to hit the game-winning shot because Michael got doubled like I was going to be that for Kobe when I was 20 22 23 24 and it's it's funny how you know that that's like the dream right and that's all you can really think of like I remember kids growing up they were like you know I'm gonna be a a police officer or firefighter which is great and you know people want to be astronauts and things like that but it's it's funny when you finally start talking to different athletes, just the the moments that they carry with them and then how that kind of creates the reality that they see for themselves. I love that. I love and and I I think how it's cool how you kind of you kinda of had it pictured out, you know, just the you know, Kobe getting double team, you're gonna be open in the corner for that for that three to win the game, you know. I think yeah. that's cool to kind of envision that. So I I think it's interesting how visual things are too. Like People, when you ask like, okay, what do you want to do? Like, I think a very easy flat answer would be like, kind of like the answer, like astronaut, but for athletes, like they, they see it to the finish, you know, like they see the the beginning and the end, like they see the moments of what it's actually going to look like and taste like and feel like when like the crowd goes wild for you, like those types of environments and moments and the ability to visualize like what exactly that's going to look like. I think is something that's that's pretty special and definitely something that to be conscious of and carry with you. Oh, dude, I, I believe you on that because like when I was my other kid, I used to always play NCAA football. I played like every every year just to kind of imagine myself, you know, in that uniform, kind of you know, running, running that game winning touchdown, whatever it may be. So I think it's so visual, like you're saying. So so when it came to this dream of yours, you know, getting to that level, how do you think I'm gonna go about making this happen? man tough question yeah I from a from a young age I thought that there was there was no doubt that this was going to happen that if you cared enough about something if you believed in something enough like you you were going to be able to do it like you had a chance to make that dream that you had come true and it's almost like kids believing in Santa Claus, right? Like if eventually gets to the point where you're like, Oh crap, like is what I've been telling myself my entire life, a lie type of moment. 
and I remember, I remember in high school going to play basketball in Vegas and I play, I like, I grew, I played basketball in Los Angeles. So don't get me wrong. Like I was surrounded by plenty of talented individuals. A lot of friends that I grew up with are like in the NBA now. And I remember going to Vegas and like Roy Williams was on the sideline. Like, you know, Bayheim was there. Like these people were there watching these people playing basketball and they were all high school kids. And it was like, it was leaps and bounds ahead of like my, my level. Like it was, it was incredible and unfathomable and like mind shattering of like how talented these people were that were only like a year or two older than me when I was just getting into high school. And I think at that moment, I decided that I needed to get the best training and put the most hours in as possible in order to be successful or it's still be able to achieve, you know, a fraction of my dreams. So I remember like the very next week, once I got back from Vegas, calling my coach in high school and being like, Hey, like what's the earliest the gym opens up? You know, I want to get some, I want to start getting some workouts in cause that's what I heard people were doing. So I, uh, I would wake up, I would take the bus to get to the, my school and would work out for an hour and a half every single day. If it was ball handling, shooting, whatever it was, I had different workouts and I just created a, an agenda. Uh, at lunch, I would do in my uniform, I would eat my lunch as quick as I could, go to the gym, do two ball drills, uh, shoot free throws, work on form shooting for that, that 45 minutes that I had. And then after school, I would work out from about 2.45 till about 6 or 7 at night. So, and the, the reason that I was doing this was because of the 10,000 hour rule. So essentially, once you reach 10,000 hours, you're considered 10,000 hours of focused practice, you basically can or should be considered a pro professional. So I was like, okay, if I'm putting in six or seven hours a day, how many hours are these people putting in? Am I getting closer? Am I slowly thinning the gap between, you know, the gap that I had seen over in Vegas? That's right there. And like, just from the point where you said you saw these athletes that were better than you, right? And you didn't, it didn't discourage you. It said, all right, how can I get a little bit better myself? So, so what helped you kind of just have that mindset? Cause I know I grew up with kids that, that were, that had that similar, similar situation and they, and they quit. What made you say, I'm not going to quit. I'm going to get better in my own way. Yeah. I mean, we, we kind of talked about it a little bit. Like it's, it's hard to give up on your dreams, I guess. Like for me in my in my life, it would have been, it would be harder to look back now and, and think of like, what if? And I think even from a very young age, I was, I, I, this might be taking a few steps forward too, but everyone always said like, man, if you, you know, if you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. And like, I was thinking like, I, I don't know the Ali quote exactly, but Ali talks about how, you know, he'd rather, 
work out and sweat all these hours and be the champ than than not be like he for that all the glory was worth it for him no matter what hours it was that he had to put in and i think like i like i don't know what what happened to me like that was just that was just the mindset that i had like i would i would rather give it my all and have it end up not working out for me than to look back and be like man what what if what if i put in those extra few hours what if i you know got that shooting trainer cuz everyone said my jump shot was terrible what if i got that strength person so i could run a little bit faster jump a little bit higher so i just i just didn't want to to have that in my life in my later years that that sense of regret if you didn't go for it mm-hmm. so you extra time you put in the extra effort you're you're, you're getting coached how how did that progress your dream become a reality yeah so i think so yeah the dream the dream never became a reality ron artest actually ended up taking the shot that i was supposed to take in that in that <laughs> championship game uh but the uh, the the closer i got it was um it was you know you you keep working out you keep playing in games and you slowly start thinning the gap between those elite players and yourself and like your name starts getting thrown in the conversation of like top players in LA uh you know you got the the people that come to all the games that are in your ear saying like man like you you know you can play D1 like who's looking at you doing all these things you're playing against players that are already going to Georgetown already going to Tennessee already going to like these huge division one schools and you're like you're playing with them like you're right there with them you're the one that they're worried about on the other side of the court. And I think, I think that is how I slowly began to realize like those dreams slowly started becoming realities. Like it, you, you just keep leveling up, I guess. Like once you get to that next tier, that next level, like I remember, I remember going out to, you know, these different, these different club teams. And like, at first it was, it was, man, like who is, who is this guy? Like he's, you know, I don't, no one knows who this guy is. And then by the time, like I was getting ready to go into my senior year, it was like, it was almost like, you know, people were fighting over me. Like, okay, well, where's he going to play? Like, we want him to play for us, you know, come here and play for us and play, you know, we're going to go to these tournaments this summer. And I think, um, I mean, I, I think that that's one of the ways that you can tell that you're getting closer. Obviously you're becoming a better basketball player, but I think that also that whole system can really mess with a, a young person's head as well. So when it came to that, did you either like find a, a, like a niche that you knew was what you can do better than anybody else or did you try to just try to play the whole, whole game? <laughs> yeah. So I was, I was shooter. Um, and I, uh, I was like, I don't know if I had too many things that I did exceptionally well. Like I would have been a, a decent two guard wherever, but I think kind of what what stood out when people would watch me was that like I was I was just so scrappy like it didn't matter like I I went to uh I was at a camp at Brandeis College in it's back east small D3 school and it was like an all academic uh uh you know group of people playing and it was basically 
everyone's there on their own ticket. There aren't really teams and they kind of throw you together with a group of five or six people. And it's basically a showcase. And most of the time, everybody there is like trying to get their own shot. Everyone's trying to do, you know, their own thing, trying to look good in front of the coaches. And I remember I was, I was picking, I was picking people up like three quarter court and just guarding them. And there was this guy who like, who like, I just knew that like I had, I'm like, I like, no doubt. Like I own you. To, I'm going to own you today for the next 20 minutes when, while we're playing, I'm going to make your life miserable. And I remember there was a, there was a play where he was like, I t- like I'm cha- making him change directions. He changes direction. He loses the ball a little bit and I dive, like I get the ball faster than him and I go down take a layup and I look back and we had hit heads and like I, my head had hit him like right on the corner of his eye and the guy's like bleeding down. <laughs> He's like bleeding down his face. And like, it was like those, those moments of like, like, man, like this guy's, this guy's tough. Like, this is the guy who like you want to go to war with. This is the guy that you want to battle with. And like, on top of that, like I was, I was a decent defender. Like I was, but I was probably the best thing that I did. And the thing I loved to do was, was shoot the rock. So you were on Artes. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I didn't, I didn't get into any fights with the crowd, but yeah, I was, it was pretty close. Awesome. Awesome. So, so as this, you know, your high school career going, what was your next step or to like at least getting a taste of the dream? Yeah, absolutely. So I, again, kind of going back to what I talked about, how, you know, all the, all that praise and all that can really go to a a 17 year old's head. Like in my, in my mind, I was, I was like a division one player. Like the dream was to go division one. And the fact of the matter is, is that like, they're like, no one, no one really cares. Like no one cares. Like that's the sad reality. Like now, like if I told people that I went to so-and-so school, like no one really cares. But at the time it was very, very important for me to play division one. So what, uh, what ended up happening was I, I had some Ivy League interest, um, some other schools over back east. They wanted me to go to a prep year to, tr- to get my body um, a little bit stronger, a little bit ready for the next, a little bit more ready for the next level. Uh, there were some smaller schools on the West Coast that said, "Hey, you could walk on. Well, you know, we don't have a scholarship for you this year, but you know, you're good enough. You know, maybe you might be able to get something." And I remember having to figure out like sitting down and like going like the pros and cons of what everything was and like what I wanted my life to look like one day. And I realized that I needed to like who liked me. And that was a a huge moment in my life where I start, like I was looking at, you know, like, man, like so-and-so is really interested in me. And then like Western Michigan just sent me a letter because probably they're option number one dropped out. So I'm option number seven for them, you know, whatever it is. So I was like, okay, who, like, who has always been there for me? Who are the people that like want, want to go down in a war with me? Like those are the people that I want to align myself with and associate myself with, because I know they're going to have my best interest in mind. So uh, I ended up 
going to a school called Whitman College, which is a, a D3 school in Walla Walla, Washington. And at the time, maybe two years before I got there, they were, they were the worst team in the conference. And by the time I got there, they were our first year, we came in second in the conference. And for the last three years now, they've been the number one team in the nation. So over the, over that small span, like, I think the, the trajectory and the growth and like being in an environment, like chasing the top was like so exciting. And like, being being a part of the journey was more than I could have ever asked for for a, a basketball experience. I think you know a lot of people get caught into the logistics of like playing Division One or whatever it is that you know you you had your mind set out on doing, but like that decision to play at that level, get a great education, has. And, and being around people that truly did care about me is what has been able to launch me into my next phase of my life. That's perfect. Because I know if I would have heard you say that when I was growing up, I would have I listened to it because I was that kid, you know, I always, my eye was so set on D1 that I ignore everything else. And I was like, you know, small school, NAIA, D3, I'm not doing that. I'm, I'm Jacoby, I'm bigger than that, you know, I think... <laughs> You know, and it's like if it's, it's the ego that that we could you, you don't hear about the D two schools, you don't, you don't hear about the D three schools, and and all that experience can give you, right? All you hear is about the, the Alabama, Oklahoma. You hear about that lifestyle, so right. And the thing is, too, is like who who are you listening to? And it took me a long time to figure that out, too. Like, you know, everyone wants to give you their two cents, everyone wants to give you advice, but it finally clicked for me like someone told me this that like you should only be taking advice from people that have done what you're trying to do and are now doing what you want to do better than you like those are the people that can tell you you know that's a good decision or a bad decision and like there was just so much noise and it's so hard to like figure out you know who to listen to but I think that's kind of what it finally comes down to I think that's a great point right there. Just like know who to listen to, because yeah, filter, filter out the noise. So once you once you chose the school you're going to, how'd you start balling out? <laughs> yeah, so it was uh it was really cool. Like I got I got on campus and I went up maybe I went up a little bit early and there were some players there because I went on their foreign trip, so they were all practicing, they were all ready to go, and. I was just, I thought I was going to go in there and just whoop. Like, I was like, man, like D3, you know, like it's, I can still, I can still play. Like, this is going to be, you know, rewarding for me. So I get there and like, man, like these guys can freaking play. Like I'm playing with these guys who are basically in my position right now. Like they're shooters and like, they don't freaking miss. Like they don't need any space. They're shooting from 30 feet away, like just down. I'm like this, like what? this exists and like I I just remembered like at that point again like getting so excited to like get back in the gym and work like I was so excited and that at the time we had a player who was 
who was like getting looked at by um he wasn't getting looked at i don't know what the, the right word is but like he had he was on a trajectory to possibly uh you know be it be a professional and not like just a professional in the fact that you're going to go play somewhere and pl- make you know 20 30,000 you're going to come back and be in the real world when you're 26 like this guy was going to go make hundreds of thousands of dollars playing basketball and he was like the one that i was like like let's go work out like when do you when do you go to the gym like i want to be at the gym at the same time like what workouts are you doing like i want to do the same workouts like what are you doing in the in the weight room like let's do the same thing and like i was just i was just like like that was that was going to school for me like the the notepad the notes that i was taking cuz i was like i get one year to get as much information about how this person was able to do it and then i have to start replicating it myself so um I remember like, okay, here's, here's the workout set he does. Here's what he does in the morning. Here's what he's doing at night. Here's like the food that he's eating. Here's what's going into his body. Here's the, you know, the gym time that he's spending. And like that, from that moment of doing, of starting to implement all these things. And like, I started, I started like, I was like, okay, well, (laughs) you know, he was really good. I want to be better. So how do I, how do I get better? How am I going to be better than him? So I was like, okay. I'm going to start doing these things on top of what he was doing. Cause that make, that's how you're going to get better. And I remember from my, my freshman to sophomore year, my freshman year, I like averaged like two, three points a game, whatever it was. Sophomore year. I was, he was the only player that really left. Everyone else was still there. I was then averaging like 20 points a game. Like all of a sudden, like my game, like, that was truly the last time that I saw my game, like just completely elevate to like a level that I had never been at before. And like, I, I, it was like a new realm for me. It was like, you know, like finally seeing the matrix, like you're in the matrix, but like you haven't really seen it yet. And like, that's when like the code just started dropping. Like it was like the game just completely changed. So like this whole thing for you just been an evolution of just kind of, figuring yourself out and what makes you, you go, right? Mm-hmm. So, so as you're progressing this thing, what did, what did you see as, as the finish line or was there ever a finish line that you thought, okay, so this is what I'm aiming to achieve once it's all said and done? Yeah, man, you know, like, it's interesting, like, I guess, I, when I saw that going and playing division three and put the potential of being a pro was still there. I, it was like, it was like a shot in the dark. It was like, man, like if this works out, that'd be so cool. But at the same time, it was like, it was kind of knowing that like it was going to be coming to an end and like, what, what are you going to do next sort of thing? And it finally, it finally did, you know, get to, get to its end. And, you know, the, like the, everyone, everyone imagines some, some glorious last game that they play in some, you know, beautiful championship cutting down the nets. And that's the, that's the last game that you played in. But like, there's only, you know, 50 kids that get to say that that happened to them. So I, uh, like the, 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 basketball world ended and I remember 
being in a in a huge identity crisis and really not knowing what i what on earth i was going to do next and like i like for the first month of hanging up those shoes for the last time like i really didn't even know what to do with myself like you know do you do you work out do you want to go try and do this you know foreign thing like you know it's it's a shot in the dark like do you really want to do that and basically i squandered like a, a month of my life and it, really I didn't do any thinking of like what plan B would even look like knowing that plan A really wasn't realistic either. So like this was like the first time in my life where I didn't have a plan and I had no idea what was going to happen next because your whole life in athletics, everything's pretty structured for you. Like if this doesn't work out, then there's always this option. Like you kind of always have a backup plan kind of built into to what it is that you're doing or you always have someone that's gonna help get you back on track if you kind of fall off a little bit and this was like the first time where I was completely autonomous and I was like it just freaked me out looking back like it just freaked me out like I didn't know I didn't know what was going to happen next and so I I wasted away a month of my life and I realized like holy crap like in two months I'm going to be that athlete that everyone is talking about that like couldn't figure out what the heck they were going to do like I'm going to go back and you know live with my parents and like not have a job and like not that there's anything wrong with that but like that was just something that like freaked me out again in my head so all of a sudden I'm like okay I was like, okay, pull out my laptop and I look up like jobs. Like what are, what are common jobs for entry level people? Because I didn't really have a whole ton of experience. So I was like, okay, entry lot, entry jobs where you can make the most money. And so like two of them, you needed to have like a certain requirement or like you had to be techie. And I was like, I don't know how to write code. Like I can't do that. Like two of the jobs sucked. I was like, this is dumb. Like I don't, I would never do that. And so the last job that I found was being a, a financial planner. So I was like, I was like, all right, cool. I can do that. You know, five jobs, four of them are awful. Let's go with this one. Let's see what happens. So I started applying all over the place to try and be a, you know, beginner financial planner. And while I'm doing it, the, um, I'm applying, I don't want to stay in, where I'm at. So I'm applying all over. I'm applying to places like Seattle, Portland, you know, Silicon Valley, San Francisco, Northern California area, Southern California, Arizona, Texas, like anywhere, anywhere that's hot. Cause I was like, I don't want to live there anymore. And like Seattle, because a lot of people are from there. They know the school, Portland, same kind of reason. Um, so I do that. I, I have no idea why anyone ever looked at my resume. I have no idea if anyone ever read my cover letter and I'm completely shocked that anyone ever called me back to interview me because my crap was probably terrible. So I'm, you know, stumbling through these interviews. I remember my first interview that I had, like the people are asking me about why I chose the company. People are asking me like who the CEO is, like all this stuff. And I'm like, I'm like, like you, you got it. You got it all wrong. Like I have no idea what, you're trying to ask me right now. Like, and I remember like just 
how awful the interview process was because I just had no idea at all what I was doing and not having a, a, a network, not knowing anyone and moving to a new place and applying for a sales job was a huge ding against me. And then the other huge ding was not having any experience or maybe not having any experience, but not relating anything that I had done to the having experience in that field. So I kind of got the hang of it. I figured out, you know, these interview things. I remember I was, (laughs) I was in Scottsdale at Prudential. This was my last chance at getting a job. And I'm, I'm on the top of the Prudential building and I'm like, man, like I'm going over like all the possible questions that they could ask me. I'm going over my business plan because at this point I was like, okay, they want to know how I'm going to build a network. How am I going to get better at sales? Yada, yada, yada. I go down. I like, this must've been the best interview I could have mustered together. Like it, it, it probably wasn't the best interview, but like it was the best possible interview that I could have done at that moment in my life. Like I was prepared. I had like a business plan. Like I was ready to take this guy through a PowerPoint if he wanted to see it. And at the very end of it, he, he says, you know, it looks like, you know, you're very motivated. You're very driven. You'd be a great person in our system. You know, you do really well in this, in this environment, but we need you to come live here in Scottsdale, work at Starbucks for six months and then come back and try and get a job. And I was like, Oh man. Like I have, I have like 40 days now, 30 days before I walk across the aisle and just go home and have nothing, nothing at all again. And so I go back and everyone around me, all my teammates, not all my teammates, a lot of my teammates, all the other people that I was going to school with, you know, every, I went to a school that was a liberal arts school and they're very, it's, it's, uh, I don't know if it's like similar to Stanford, but they call it the Harvard of the West. Like it's very preppy in the sense that everyone's getting like good jobs. Like, Oh, where are you going next year? I'm going to Amazon. I'm working at Goldman Sachs. I'm working at yada, yada. And people ask, you know, if you don't have a good answer, it's like very intimidating. So I thought all these people were doing it on their own. They'd figured it out. Um, and I was like, Holy crap. So I'm going home on that plane. I had a layover and I, um, hit up my coach and I'm like, coach, like, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Like, I can't get a job, blah, 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 blah. I'm telling him all this stuff. And like, this goes completely back to like, this is why going to this school and liking who likes you was like one of the best decisions I could have ever made because this coach completely went out of his way. Eric Bridge went out of his way to find me a a possibility of where to go next. He was like, Hey, you know, you know, what you need to do is start, you know, reaching out to people and building a network here. I have all these alumni for you to call, call them. I have, you know, you know, all these people that graduated while you were here, call them, ask, see what they're doing. See if there's any openings, blah, 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 blah. He's like, you just need to get, you just need to get a job and get going and start getting more experience. So I'm going through all of this stuff. I'm finally getting better conversations. I'm like kicking down doors and he finally gives me, um, an op- he like, he's like, Hey, this guy is like completely cut from the same cloth. Like you guys are going to get along together. Like, and it's in San Diego. Like it doesn't get much better than that. He's like, give him a call. 
don't mess this up. This is like a slam dunk. If you mess this up, like there's more wrong with you than you think like that type of attitude. And, uh, gave him a call, came down to San Diego and shadowed and, and now, now I'm here. Hey man, I worked out cause you, you avoid the Arizona summers. <laughs> I didn't know about him. I didn't know about him at the time. Yeah, man. When I moved here, I moved here like after school, like in like June, and it hit me hard. I was like, "Oh, happy to live this way." So it's awesome. It's dry though. It was, yeah. You know, it's, it's a little better than like the hundred percent humidity, hundred degree weather. But you know, it's uh, it's still hot. Definitely. So after all that, how did you land on the D three Chronicles? Oh man, yeah, great question. So the. Uh, the D3 Chronicles is a sort of a blog that I'm using. That is my it's my blog, and it it kind of got started as a way to as a way to show the the correlations that I was finding in sales and in sports. So for to kind of keep going with my story, I guess because it kind of leads into the blog. I I was in the mortgage industry. And at, at 22, I, I, have a, I, have a, I have a little bit of a baby face, can't really grow any facial hair. So uh, it's hard. It, it can be challenging, let's say, to talk to people that have been in the business for 30 years or 50 years old, and you're trying to convince them to uh, trust you with a lot of their money and probably one of the, their most valuable assets. So for the first six months to nine months, I was basically locked into a little cubicle, just learning as much as I could about the business, just learning guidelines, learning like social skills, learning like how to respond to emails, dealing with people on the phone, like all of the inside jobs. But like the, the goal was like, if someone challenged you or asked you a question, like you need to know the answer. Because if you were young and you were like messing stuff up, that is clearly a no-no and you just get tainted for your entire career if that's what you wanted to do. So do that. I'm like, we're, we're going through tests and quizzes. Like I'm putting these things together now. Like, and it's, it's like, it's fun. And like, I'm ready. Like I'm ready to go out there and do this whole sales thing. Cause that's what I was like in it for. Like that was what I wanted. And I remember it was like this, this social networking event thing that I'm going to go to first. It's like a, it might've been like a YPN thing. And I get there and I'm like, okay, like let's go in, go inside. And like, I, like I couldn't talk to anyone. Like I, I couldn't get off the wall. Like I was like, I pretended to be busy on my phone for like 30 minutes and like left. And I was like, I was like, what the heck is wrong with you? Like, this is, this is what you want to do. Like, this is your, this is how you're going to make money. This is your livelihood. Like, this is what's going to get you excited. This is why you came into this industry. And I was like, man, like, you know, maybe, maybe I'm just not good at it yet. And so it went back to like everything that I knew how to do. It was like, okay, so if you wanted to be, if you want to be good in the game, you have to practice. Like if you don't practice, you're never going to be good in the game. So I'm like, okay, practice sales. What do, how do I practice this? So I started reading like self-help books, sales books, and like every single book would be like, okay, I was like, okay, what can I take from this book? What can I start implementing immediately? So like I started recording myself giving sales pitches in the mirror. Like I, re- I remember recording 
me walking around the room trying to figure out which questions triggered good conversations with different people. What were, what were good moments that I was having? What was, um, you know, a, a good, a good phone call. What was a good cold call that I had all of these different things, implementing them and like really starting to grow as a salesperson. And like the one thing I wouldn't do was journal. I was like, I was like, that's weird. Like no one does that. This is like an old thing. No one really, you know, it's, it's just not a thing. And then one day, um, someone posted this thing about journaling and like all this, all this healing stuff that it does for you and like getting words onto paper, yada, yada, yada. And I was like, all right, I had a really crummy day and I was like, let's give it a try. Let's go for it. So I'm, I'm starting to write and I'm like, today sucked because blah, 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 blah. And I was like, people, people keep giving me a hard time because of this, yada, yada, yada. And I finally, at the very end of it, I was able to tie it back to sports somehow. And it was, it was one of those things where I, I felt like I didn't know enough and I was lacking confidence in an area. And by doing that, it, it gave me so much more like confidence in myself and the skills that I had and that everything that basketball and sports had taught me is not gone. It's still translatable. And that is basically how uh, the Chronicles of a D3 Athlete was born. So ever since then, I, I kept writing. I kept journaling. I was like, this is super freeing. And then one day, I must have been really feeling like whatever I, I put together because I decided to throw it up on Facebook. And the idea, like, the idea behind posting it was like 100% selfish at the time. Like, again, going back to it was like to show all these people that like, it wasn't that easy to get to where I was. Like it was hard work. Like I figured this thing out. Like none of you guys know, you know, one of those type of moments. And it was, you know, the next day I post it the next day I wake up and there's like people, people that I haven't talked to that I was playing sports with back in back when I was like growing up that were like, like, this is just what I needed to see today. I had people that I played against, people that I was play, used to play with. They were like, I'm going through the same stuff right now. Like, I'm so glad you posted this. Like, I'm going to start using this, blah, 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 whatever it is. Like, we need more of this. And I was like, holy crap. Like, okay, maybe maybe there's more to this than I thought. Like, maybe maybe there are a bunch of stories out there that haven't been told yet. And there's a bunch of athletes that are struggling and going through the same exact thing that I'm going through and just not sure if they should be speaking out about it. Everybody has a story that can inspire somebody, right? And like, even if the myth that we think is just something as small as I got a sales job, it can inspire some other athlete that's going through that same process. So props to you, man. Appreciate it. Yeah. Going, going back to like having that story, right? Like I think, I think a lot of people, and this is something that I struggle with too, is like, like who cares about you? Who cares about me? Right? Like who, who am I, who am I to give advice, to tell people like, here, here's what I've learned. Here's what you should implement in your life, those types of things. But I think, I think your audience and the people that you're trying to reach is being that person that you wanted to hear, you know, if you were five years ago, like everyone has taken something from sports. Everyone has learned something 
and everyone has something that's happened in their story that they can tell that they can help themselves five years ago. So I think remembering that and focusing on that when you're telling your story, like there's always an audience, there's always people that need to hear what you have to say. Love that, man. Love it. Love it. So, so, so what's, so what's next for you and the Deep Chronicles and what, what you're trying to do with it? Yeah, absolutely. So, man, so I got, I got super fired up about this whole, this whole thing. I was like, and like, okay, let's start telling stories. Like people, people need to hear this. And so I kind of started, I started having people tell their stories and like doing these things. And I felt, I felt like there wasn't a, a solution that was being provided. And I think me being me, I've always been very like, like, why, why are you doing this? What is the, what is the end goal? What is the solution to the problem that you have? And I felt like I was really identifying a problem. And so what I did was kind of, again, talking about the story, what you're telling, like where, where in my story, where's the, the chinks in the armor? Like what, if that was stronger, how would that have changed my life? So the next steps um, for the, the Chronicles of D3 Athlete and my kind of journey is uh, I'm, we're, we're developing a, a program um, it's basically going to be about a 30 day program. And what it's going to do is start having athletes think about what that plan B might be and getting ready to go in on it. Like you did your plan a, because a lot of people have their plan a, but when that plan a goes away, plan B is still being treated like plan B and it's not becoming plan a and you aren't going after it the same way you did that other thing. So what the 30 days is going to entail is basically from the very beginning, it's starting the very basics of teaching you how to network, starting to reach out and starting to give you some clarity on what jobs are out there because there's definitely more jobs than the five that I found that exist. Um, and it basically starts taking you through the, the hard skills as well in terms of resume building, cover letter, interview skills, uh, having an elevator pitch, uh, negotiating salaries, things that are important that people never really learn and never, you never really talk about with other people. And at the end of it, it's basically giving you a, a formula that you can take and you can use and you can apply to any job that you want, anything that you want to, you know, move into next. And, and that is basically the solution um, that I'm trying to bring to the table. Awesome. Looking forward to see where that goes. I think that's, I think that's something that you don't hear enough about just the, the small things to get to that next, that next level after the game. So props to you, man. Appreciate it. Hey man, Matt. Well, before, before we go, so you have any links, whatever you can kind of pitch out social media, website, anything. Man, you guys can follow me. I do a bunch on, on Instagram. Uh, my handle is just Matt underscore Mounier. That's M-O-U-N-I-E-R. Um, you can, I'm super interactive on there. Uh, right now, the website is down um, because it's getting some, some work done, but it's going to be the, the untold 98%. And the 30-day course is going to be called TLP, Transition Like a Pro. 
Um, so those are some things to look out for. You can honestly connect with me on any social media platform, Facebook, um, Instagram, Twitter. It's all, it's all Matt underscore Mounier. So I'll have link to it in, in the episode too. If you can go check you out and Matt, thanks for coming on, man. Thanks for kind of sharing your story and just what you're about, man. Hey, I'll see you in San Diego. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Yo, thanks for listening to this episode of the Nine Point Started With A Dream podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please comment, share, leave a review. We would love to hear your thoughts. You can find more athlete-driven content at ninepoint.com. Till the next episode, you're only one opportunity away. Peace.